can't control other people, but you can control your reactions to what they do. Hey guys, welcome back to the second episode of your favorite weekly podcast, Refreshingly Idiotic. I'm your host, Hannah, and today's episode is all about anxiety. Let's roll the intro music. So today's question is a little bit of a weird one. I just thought I'd hop right into it. So what's your take on sleeping with socks? So for me, I used to think it was the most disgusting thing in the world. But once I actually started like doing it, it was more or less because I'm a person that gets really hot really fast but my feet are just like a totally different story so there were a lot of times when I would be like so hot that I would just pile the blanket up on my feet because that's the only place that would be cold but now that I actually do it my temperature is perfectly fine so that is what I do I have a regular blanket to keep me pressured like feeling weighed down a little bit in bed and then i have my socks to keep me warm and cozy and they're just the regular socks not the fuzzy socks and as long as they're clean and they weren't the same socks i've been wearing all day i'm totally fine with socks and sleeping because if anything if i ever feel too hot i can always kick them off but it's kind of hard to get out of bed and put them back on if you're feeling cold in the middle of the night So that's my take. What's yours? Don't forget to leave me a voice message letting me know what yours is. As an overview of what we'll be talking about today, I'll start with the first time I got told I had anxiety, how I took it, which was a pretty funny story. Actually, it wasn't that funny. It took a while for it to become funny. Anyways, there's that. We'll be talking about the definition of anxiety, like the more generic definition. We'll talk about symptoms and causes, and then we'll go a little bit deeper into the different types of anxiety. By the way, there are seven of them, so be prepared to hear about them. And throughout the whole rest of the thing, I'll be talking about ways that I cope and how I deal with it. And then hopefully ending off the episode, I'll talk about some coping strategies that I've researched or I've used that really help to help anybody else living with this mental illness. Alright, me and anxiety, where do I begin? It's been a while. So, I guess I'll start with my first panic attack. I've already mentioned this in the previous episode, so I won't go too in-depth. But it happened in the middle of a group presentation, fairly close to the beginning of my grade 8 year. So, I'm in grade 11 now. So, it's been roughly four years now, if I'm doing my math right. I am not good at math, and that's one thing you'll probably learn about me. Yeah, it's been about four years. So, after that, me and my family were kind of worried it was a little bit of a heart condition. As I mentioned, it runs in my family. And so, me, we were going to the doctors back and forth doing EGs, chest scans, and we were trying to figure out what it was. But every single time, my test came back clear. And it was so weird because all of a sudden, out of nowhere... I would just have to sit down like, oh, my, I'm feeling dizzy, my vision, I can't really see anything, and my chest pain is really up there, it hurts a lot, and it would last for about a minute, unless I knew I was really stressed, if I was really stressed, it would become like, closer to two minutes, a little bit more painful, but it was never anything that like, lasted the whole day, you know, so, I'm like, okay, 
we're gonna figure this out one day so we go to the cardiologist completely clear i feel like i've just wasted everybody's time at this point this would have been when i was in grade nine i believe so a year later i had finally made it to the cardiologist and they told me that my test came back clear and i had found that so weird because i'm like no doctor can seem to figure out what this is and we go to the doctor again my family doctor again because this chest pain is becoming more persistent and i have no idea what it is and it's genuinely just freaking me out at this point we do a couple more tests and apparently i find out that i'm borderline anxiety disorder i have borderline anxiety disorder which is now become anxiety well um yeah so now i've kind of been like oh because in my head anxiety was just like oh, you're stressed and you're scared all the time. And I'm like, I'm not scared all the time. I'm a pretty brave person. By grade nine, I was really putting myself out there. I knew a lot of teachers. And a lot of teachers, through the vibe that I was giving off, apparently, thought that I was a grade 11 transfer student. And I didn't realize I had to correct anyone until grade 10 when I realized, when they were telling me, oh, you're in the wrong class. You're supposed to be in grade 12. And I'd be like, no, I'm supposed to be in grade 10. Which, again, happened this year in grade 11. But Oh, we don't need to talk about that. Yeah, so now I've officially been diagnosed with anxiety. I don't take any medication. I just like to put that out there. I'm I literally hate medication. I will not take it unless I absolutely have to. If I was on my deathbed, I probably would, but we're not going there anytime soon. So I'm good with the coping techniques that I have currently. Now on to the definition. Anxiety is your body's natural response to fear or stress. It's like your fight or flight instinct. So, for example, I'm more on the stress side of things, whether I'm wondering if I'll get this episode edited and uploaded on time, or I'll get that school assignment done on time. On the other side of the spectrum, there's tons of people that have a lot of anxiety attached to their fears. Something as small as spiders, something as big as the coronavirus. Whether it be something like, take the coronavirus, for example, you're scared for your loved ones, making sure they don't get the virus, they're staying safe. Or even as something as small as leaving your house to go to the grocery store, because you are that scared. Just a quick disclaimer, I'm going to be naming symptoms next. And just because you feel all of these does not mean that you definitely have anxiety. If you're feeling them for a prolonged amount of time, if you're feeling them very intensely for about six months or more, maybe go talk to your healthcare professional. But I'm just naming some general ones that I've seen or I've researched. So the first one, the biggest one, is restlessness. It always comes as you you always have to be doing something. So think of a little kid with ADHD. So you're thinking, constantly tapping fingers on the desk, rocking back and forth, humming maybe, or like playing with Play-Doh, anything like that. You might have difficulty sleeping, or on the flip side, you might be sleeping too much. So if you're having difficulty sleeping, it might be because of really terrifying nightmares, or just stress in your regular life keeping you up, or you might be sleeping too much and worry that like, I have to sleep. I don't know about sleeping too much. I've never actually met anybody that sleeps too much, but I know it is a symptom, a possible symptom. Another one is brain fog, where either you're not concentrating enough or you can't focus properly, 
or on the flip side of thing you have to do a lot of things so for me multitasking is a big thing i'll like to do an art project and a in a school assignment at the same time as soon as my brain stops working for the school assignment i can work on the art project or while i'm in class listening to a lecture i'm also listening to music so just in case my brain trails off from the lecture i'm on the music and i can remember to bounce right back into the lecture the last symptom, which is a, a symptom you'll see in my panic attacks that I'll explain right after this, is an increased heart rate. You'll feel your heart beat a lot faster, or you'll just feel really uneasy because of it. For anxiety and panic attacks, maybe you're feeling dizzy, maybe you have chest pain, you're lo losing your breath, you are having chills, or on the flip side, hot flashes, you're constantly worrying, sweaty, or you feel numb in my attacks so i have a long list of symptoms i'm not going to include all of them obviously but i'm going to name the ones that come up most often during my attacks so it'll be blurry vision very terrible chest pain dizziness loss of breath or uneasiness uneasiness is one of the ones that i rarely feel but it is one of the ones that i feel and i thought i'd throw it there just let people know that even that comes through a panic attack now, these panic attacks are usually two minutes. I've done a little bit of research with a couple of other people. It sounds like theirs are about two minutes max as well. Unless it's something that's going on a prolonged period of time, in which it's usually not an attack, it's just anxiety in general. For the last little while, I've been getting my attacks absolutely out of nowhere, or so it seems. Usually, I'm stressed on the inside and I don't realize how stressed I am. So, summing that up, you might have an attack and just not realize what's causing it. So, keeping a journal of your attacks is always helpful, especially if you're not sure if you have anxiety. Turning into a slightly different direction, I want to talk about the seven different types of anxiety that I mentioned earlier. So, the first one is a panic disorder, which is the one that I think I have. I can't remember totally off the top of my head right now. But it's where you'll get constant panic attacks or anxiety attacks. You're probably often stressed. The next one is a phobia. So, taking a little bit of a smaller phobia i don't want to disregard anybody with this i'm just thinking of ron weasley from harry potter his fear of spiders this fear of spiders could be so big you're scared of walking outside your front door because you're scared a spider will come near you or you're scared of going into your basement in your house because you're scared there'll be a spider in the corner and that triggers an attack for you the next one is social anxiety which is something that i feel like a lot of people have currently just because of the global pandemic how we're kind of worried about going out to see each other in fear of contracting the virus but also social anxiety can be like oh no i'm afraid she's gonna judge me for what i'm wearing or something like that the next one is separation anxiety this one you'll see a lot more in younger children it's taken as a joke when a child doesn't want to leave their mother so they'll grab onto their foot or they'll start to cry but this is an actual type of anxiety where they're just in a in a constant fear of being away from their loved ones the next one is ocd or obsessive compulsive disorder now a lot of people don't think this is a type of anxiety but it is anxiety is when you're stressed out about something correct 
OCD is like, let's say you have a pile of colorful beads and they're all in order except that red one in the purple pile. Now, that's a little bit of a smaller example how that'll annoy you and you'll be like, I have to fix that. I have to fix that, but I can't do that right now. I just have to keep pretending like it's fine. It doesn't matter. That itself is stress. So it does count as a type of anxiety. A recent example, obviously I don't have OCD, so maybe it's slightly different, but from my experience, as I understand it, a couple days ago, I was in a virtual class with one of my teachers, and he was teaching on a virtual whiteboard, and he was using an orange pen, and he called it red. And I'm like, okay, maybe he did that by mistake. But after that, he constantly kept calling it red. And I could clearly see it was orange. It wasn't even one of those red-orange things. It was like straight orange. Just orange. Uh, just an orange pen. And it was starting to eat me up. And because it was physics class, I had to like understand what he was saying. And I realized I'm not understanding a word of what you're saying because you're using an orange pen and calling it red. So I called him out on it, and we talked for a minute, and he was, like, arguing with me, like, no, this is red. And I was, like, I can't focus because you keep calling it a red pen. So eventually, he ended up switching it to the actual red pen because he didn't want to call it an orange pen. And then I was able to focus, and I had a great rest of the class. The next one is illness anxiety disorder. It's also called hypochondria. It's where you're anxious about your health. So a mini example relating to me is when I was in grade 8. This is leading back to my first panic attack. After I had it, I thought it was a heart attack. I had been telling people like, oh no, what if this is a heart condition? What if I have a heart attack? And so I was overly focusing on what if I have a heart disease? What if I have heart attack? And that in itself was creating more panic. The seventh and final type of anxiety is post-traumatic stress disorder, which is also known as PTSD. Again, like OCD, it's also known as its own little type of mental illness. So it can be mistaken. But again, you're constantly with this disorder. You're constantly anxious. You're constantly living in fear or you're stressed. So this would be for a person that's gone through major trauma in their life. A lot of the time we think of war veterans that have gone through war and now they're now they're having nightmares constantly, they're going through therapy, but it can also be for children who have been abused, abandoned, or just normal people going through life stresses and having them scar them really deeply. Those were the seven different types of anxiety. I'll run through them again. Panic disorder, phobia, social anxiety, separation anxiety, illness anxiety disorder, PTSD, and OCD. Last but not least, I wanted to share some of my coping mechanisms and some that I researched. So for me, what helps is having a structured routine, like I'll wake up at this time, I do some skincare, I'll eat a healthy breakfast, I'll go to class. Also, playing with different things, like I've been playing a lot of sticky tack lately, but usually it's um, plasticinus which is like a Play-Doh, except it never dries. So having something else to focus on while doing things or listening to music during class, as I've mentioned before. 
and working out. Working out has helped me so much through quarantine. It gets the drop and there's adrenaline pumping in my body. Some other ways to cope and treat yourself without medication would be the ones that I just mentioned. Meditation, eating right, and therapy. Therapy will always help. Even if it's not with a professional, just talking to your friends or your family can always be a big help. I don't, I cannot stress this enough. Family, friends, talking in general will always help. Summarizing up today's episode, we talked about what anxiety is, some symptoms, how attacks work, causes and types of anxiety, and how to cope. All my, as usual, all my sources will be linked in the description. And leave me a voice message letting me know about your highlight and lowlight of the week. And also answer the question what your opinion is on socks in the bed. Don't forget to subscribe, share, and rate five stars, please. And stay tuned for next week's episode where we'll have a guest. Bye, guys.